Praise God. All right, all right. So, Sister Joy had it first. Joe, give her $2 for me. I'm just enjoying this with you. <laughs> Praise God. We're going we're gonna to give people some of, those, some of those contests, those Bible drills. I've been thinking for a while. I, I want I wanna, we, we to, we need to get a, Pastor Caleb, we have to work on this. We need a Bible bowl here in St. Pete. We, we need to get that back going, Bible bowls, where we get our young people to go back and study the Bible and know the Bible and, and get churches involved. Make it, make it a nice, healthy, friendly competition. That, that would be a good thing because, you know, we kind of let our children go to the wayside here. They don't have to really learn, know the Bible. But, you know, um, Muslims study our Bible. They study it. They study it, not because they want to know Jesus, but because they want to prove you wrong. And most often what we're finding is that Muslims know our Bible better than we know our Bible. And we can't let that happen. Amen. We've got to make sure we know our Bible. So at least with the young people, we want to encourage them to do that. So we have to work on that. Amen. All right. Have you found Obadiah yet? Okay. How many chapters did you find when you, when you got there? One. Okay, good. So let's go to just verse 17. I'm going to read one verse, one verse. Obadiah 1.17. You have it? Say amen. Amen. Okay, let's read that all together. Ready? Read. But on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Shall possess their possessions. That's one verse, so would you mind reading it again with me? Okay, let's read it together again. Ready? Read. But on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Father, tonight we thank you and praise you for the opportunity we have now to spend this, this time in your word. I pray, Father, that you give me divine utterance, Lord. Let me utter things from heaven. I pray for the unction of the Holy Ghost to be upon me, Father. And I pray that your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, and receiving hearts. And I pray that, God, any, any uh, attack or any barrier that the enemy tries to place, Lord, will be removed. We thank you for, for angels that are stationed around this place. Keep the atmosphere clear and ready, suitable for the word of God to flow freely, to be glorified among your people. Lord, for your word to have free course in this place. We receive your word with thanksgiving. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right. So it says here, but on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance, there shall be holiness, the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Tonight I'm talking uh, from the subject, there shall be deliverance, there shall be deliverance. I begin to share this with you on Sunday about how the devil hates God's people. I mean, the reality of it is he hates all people. Y'all know that. And Jesus made Satan's agenda very clear over in John 10. And verse 10, when he said, the thief comes only to do what? Steal. Steal. Come on. Kill and to destroy. Okay? That's what he comes to do. That's it. To steal, kill, and destroy. And then the devil has uh, 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 his number one weapon, his number one tool against people is deception. You understand that? I mean, Jesus already spoiled him. He's already disarmed him. The devil has no, no real power. His power is to deceive. There's a scripture over in Revelation 12, 9, when the Bible talks about that old serpent, you know, the dragon, uh, the devil and Satan, right? Who does what? Everybody said he does what again? How much of the world? The whole, he deceives 
the whole world. Now, Satan deceives the, deceives the world. When I, when I say the world, now I'm talking about unbelievers. Okay? Now, we all were in that world. So we were all deceived. But those who are still in the world, they are still deceived. Okay? Now, he deceives them, number one, by telling them that he doesn't exist. So there are people in the world who don't even believe that the, that the devil is real. So they do pretend things. People will dress up as, as the devil. Or they'll, they make TV shows now about the devil because they think, well, he's not real anyway. And then there are those who uh, know he's real or believe he's real, think he's real, but they, they believe he's harmless. Because they, they have these good devils. Now the, the, the latest uh, devil show I heard, Lucifer or something like that, uh, the devil is, he's, he's, he's like a, gooder, a, a good guy. He, he helps them get bad guys. See, so what he's done is he's deceived the world into thinking either he doesn't exist or if he does exist, he's a good guy. But how many of y'all know it's just this simple? Devil bad, God good. <laughs> I mean, part of the devil's name is evil. Okay? You take, you take a D off the devil's name, you get evil. Add an O to God's name, you get good. Devil evil, God good. It's, it's pretty simple. Right? Now, but here's the thing. We know he deceives the world, but in the church, there's also deception from the enemy. Because people come to the Lord and they get saved, they begin to walk with God, but um, the devil deceives the church by telling or convincing people in the church that you can still um, love the world, you can still mix in with the world, you can still imitate the world and not have any effect on your life. Come on. Truth be told, if you, if you assess some Christians you know, whether you follow them on, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you see them, or they, you, you work with them, you live around them, they're in your family, they go to your old church, whatever, you, they might be in this church, and you watch their lives, and you see, and you see how they, they, they mix in with the world, they imitate the world, they love the world, and somehow think that there will be no effect on their lives, on their Christianity. They think that somehow they can walk in both lanes. They can, they can, they can, they can walk with the world and walk with God, but you can't do it. The Bible says if you walk in the Spirit you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Which means that when you walk in the spirit, walking in the flesh, they, they cannot coincide. You understand that? So, so, so the world, uh, the world either, either believes the devil doesn't exist or he's harmless. And the church, many people in the church believe in, by their actions that he's harmless. Because what, what people in the church do is get, get um, involved in the world. I'm not talking about you, you know, working and, you know, playing football. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting involved with the world. Do y'all follow what I'm talking about? 
mixing in with the world, starting to do what the world does. You know the Bible says in Romans 12, uh, 2, be not conformed to this world. Come on. So don't conform to the world. Don't follow the world's dictates. Don't follow the world's way of doing things. And yet the body of Christ, seemingly so many people, I know it's not you in sitting here, but so many people in the body of Christ spend so much time imitating the world. Because the world is so cool, the world is so awesome, and they act as if the world has no effect. But listen, the devil, when you, when you read, that, this came to me this morning, we were in prayer. In John 10.10, 10, the Bible never said the thief comes uh, to entertain. Put, put John 10 on the screen. There's no word entertainment in there whatsoever. He only comes, or he does not come except to, except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So if you get involved in letting the devil and the world entertain you, he's not just trying to make you laugh. He's not just trying to make you smile. He's not, not just trying to make you feel good. What he's trying to do is take you from entertainment to entanglement. He's trying to entangle you. There is no harmless worldly activity. Because uh, 1 John 5.19 says the whole world lies under the sway or the control of the wicked one. So if you're going to be involved with the world, you're now putting yourself under the sway or under the, under the control of the wicked one. And he's not here to play games with you, Barbara. He's not playing games. He is after uh, you to get you entangled with him so that you can never walk in the fullness of what God has given you. Put the scripture on the screen, please. Uh, 2 Peter 2.20. 2 Peter 2.20. Look at what it says here. It says, for if after they, this is they, not tell you they, but this is you. If after they, believers, have escaped. Everybody say escaped. If after they have escaped the what? The what? Notice how the Holy Spirit addresses the world's stuff. Pollutions. I mean, you all, I know some of y'all are so sedity. All of y'all are at least cultured enough that you wouldn't drink polluted water. Come on, somebody brought you a glass of water. You say, I'm thirsty. Bring your glass of water. You look in there, it's all, it's, it's leaves and it's, it's, it's brownie. It's, it's green. You're like, I ain't drinking that. Why would you drink it? Oh, it's polluted. I don't care how thirsty I was, I would not drink out of Booker Creek. Y'all know Booker Creek is. I was out there fishing one day at Booker Creek, fishing for some snook, Brother Oscar. And that's just some good fishing right there. That's that, that's that it's brackish water. You know, it's, that, it's the fresh water and the, and the salt water kind of mixed together. That's good snook fishing right there. And, uh, man, you look out there in that water, right, Book, Booker Creek, the park right there by Bartlett Park. Y'all ever heard of Bartlett Park? For y'all for y'all who, who from here is Botley Park. But the real name is Bartlett. Not Botley Park. It's Bartlett. 
Bolly Paul. It's, it's Bartlett Park. And right there at the end of Bartlett Park where that, that uh, Booker Creek comes right through there, I was there fishing one day and I saw that water and it's tires all in the water and beer bottles all in the water and underwear in the water and all kind of stuff in the water. I, boy, I wouldn't care if I was parched. If I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm about to dehydrate. I'm not drinking that. Why? It's polluted. So it says here, for if they have escaped, watch this, the pollutions of the world, tell you the name of the word is polluted. Stop drinking that stuff. Boy, this will preach right here by itself. I said, this will preach by itself. Stop drinking that stuff and thinking it ain't going to make you sick. It's going to make you sick. You keep drinking polluted stuff. Well, no, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the newest movie out. It's pollution. Well, it's, it, it only had 12 cuss words. It's pollution. I mean, if there was only 12 bugs in your, in your drink, would you drink it? Well, no, Pastor, it's a whole gallon of water. There's only 12 bugs. It's a whole gallon. I don't care if it was a gallon and one bug. If I, if I saw one bug, I'm throwing it out. It's polluted. I didn't come to pre to preach that. I'm just, I'm just saying. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again what? Entangled in them. And so the, the devil's goal is to not just get you entangled, but it's so that you can be what? Entanglement is to be is no, another word for entrapment. It is to entrap. It is to ensnare you. And what the devil does is, is he sets out snares. So you think something is innocent, but it's not. It's a snare. You think something is innocent. It's not. It's a trap. And the devil wants to trap you. Um, uh, what, what a, what a, what a, um, uh, you see, you see uh, spiders. We have these spiders in, around our pool area, and you can't get rid of them. I don't, I don't care. You, you can't. You can't. You, you can't get rid of these spiders. If you ask, we, all the terminators, you know, exterminator people that we have, they say you can't get rid of them. They're coming back. It's like, Estella's is like drug dealers. You get a drug dealer on the street tonight, within six hours, there's another guy on the corner. <laughs> These spiders are relentless. We don't know where they come from. Uh, they're, they're little things. I mean, they're little crap, little crap spiders. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they, they're not, they're not going to hit you. They ain't going to bite you. They, but, but what they do is they, they don't, Spiders, spiders don't go chasing prey. They, they spin a web. When they spin that web, that web is set up. And what happens is the prey come to them. And they get entangled in the web. Once they're entangling the web, now the spider just comes and overcomes them. So what the devil has done in the world is he spun a web of deception. And people don't know, oh, this is innocent. I can, oh, I can, I can, mess, I can fraternize with this or fraternize with that. You don't understand? It's a web of deception. And what he, he's not going to come chasing at you. He just sets the bait, sets the trap. 
and if you and I get caught in it, now we can be overcome. So the Bible says that if we've already escaped the corruption that's in the world, right, and now we are entangled and overcome, now watch what he says. This is the worst part. The latter end is worse. Somebody say worse. If, if you're from 25th Street, you say worser. Worser for them. Oh, boy, y'all grew up in my neighborhood. Worse for them than the beginning. Isn't that interesting? That it, you, can, you can be walking with God, come out of all kind of pollution, come out of all kind of sin, walking with God, walking in ministry, doing all kind of great things for the kingdom of God, and if you're not careful, you can be entrapped, entangled, and the Bible says you will end up worse than you were in the beginning. That doesn't make any sense. Well, how? Just is an entanglement. Can I give you another scripture here? Go to 2 Timothy 2.4. Here's what we got to make sure we do. Here, here's how we avoid that, Brother Anthony. Watch this. 2 Timothy 4, uh, 2 verse 4 says this. No one engaged. I ask neighbor, are you engaged? Not yet, Pastor, not yet. No, I'm talking about this is, this is, this is not talking about marriage. It's talking about. No one engaged in warfare. Now, whether you know it or not, you are all, you are all, we are all called to warfare. Whether you engage or not is up to you. But here's, here's the thing about, about warfare. Whether you're engaged or not, it's still going on. You better get that. Whether you're engaged or not, it's still going on. And either you're going to kick devil butt or he's going to kick your butt. So if you and I are going to get do some butt kicking and not get our butts kicked, we need to get engaged. We need to engage in warfare. And he says no one engaged in warfare entangles himself. So you and I got to make sure we don't entangle ourselves in what? The affairs of this life. Why? That we may please him who enlisted us as soldiers. We're all enlisted. Amen. We're all in the Lord's army. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, <clears throat> so Satan, what he's done, he has entangled people in sin, in addictions, in depression. I'm just giving a few examples. In fear. People get entangled in fear. People get entangled in fear. I mean, you look at the last two years, people are entangled in fear. They're, they're, I mean, they just can't escape their fear. People get entangled with mixed up religion. That, that's, that's why the devil is so, so keen about putting all this um, new age mixture looks like Christianity, kind of sounds like Christianity, but not all on Twitter and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok videos and you can, you can, you can manifest. 
Everybody trying to manifest. Oh, that's, I heard manifest that church. That must be Christian. No, that's not. That's new age. Oh, well, you know, I'm going I'm to hit, hit somebody over here. Oh, I, you know, I, they learn about, you know, vision boards and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's, that's Christian because we heard about vision in church. Write the vision. Make it plain. And that's what, I mean, people are teaching that, I mean, in the body of Christ. I mean, I've heard, I've heard noble people in, the, in faith camp teaching that. I'm like, how are you going to teach folk that and not read the whole book? Habakkuk didn't tell you nothing about making no vision board. He talked about write the vision, make it plain. He's, but he thought out by saying, I will stand upon my rampart and I will see what he says unto me when I am reproved, when I'm corrected. When God tell me what I'm doing wrong, I, I'm going to write that down. Let me, okay. Yeah, you need to read the Bible. Don't just read TikTok. You know, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, people, um, because it's deception. You don't mean to do this. You're hungry for the word. You're hungry for the things of God. But this entanglement from the enemy is out there because of deception. Everybody say deception. deception. All right, praise God. So he entangles people in his mixed-up religious stuff, in sickness. You know, you can be entangled in sickness. Remember in Luke 13, that woman, woman who was uh, about over 18 years? 18 years. The Bible says she could in no way raise herself up. Spirit of infirmity could in no way raise herself up. And Luke, put up Luke 13, 16. Jesus says this about that woman. He says, so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound? She isn't just sick. The devil's bound her up for 18 years. Shouldn't she be loose from this bond on the Sabbath? You see? So you can be entangled in sickness. I'm just, I'm telling you, you can, you can get entangled in that medical system. I ain't going to lie. Oh, uh, boy. Y'all don't want to hear that. You can get entangled in that medical system. They'll, they'll be pumping you with so many different pills and pills for this and pills for that and pills for that. And poking on you this and we're going to send you, go get another test for this and a test for that. The other day, my wife and I, we were, we're doing her follow-ups things. You know, my wife, the Lord brought her out of the hospital last year and and uh, totally delivered and uh, went to the one doctor and they said, okay, every, they, you know, looking at all, everything's 100% functioning right and uh, everything's good, okay, everything came back clean, wonderful. Well, we want you to go have this other test over here. We're going to look at And they said, and if that test, you know, kind of looks kind of weird, you know, it, it won't really make a difference, but we want to do, have you a, get you a nuclear test too. And you know, you like, wait, wait a minute. Everything's 100%. Why am I going to do more tests? See, before you know it, you're doing tests to find out what the test said and getting a pill to fix what this pill messed up. Rather than, Lord, show me how to, how to take care of this. Show me how to control this right here. Help me get off of my sofa, Lord, and go walk and... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I, I, was, I thought I'd preach about I was going to have Pastor Liz come up here and, and not Pastor Liz. Pastor Liz is coming next week. Uh, Dr. Liz. Dr. Liz Curry. Did you finish school yet? Dr. Liz, praise the Lord. And uh, she was telling my wife, and my wife shared with me about, about our posture. This ain't my message, but I'm just going to share it with you because I think it's important. About our posture. You know, how we sit. And her words were, when she comes here on Wednesday night, she just want to go around and make everybody sit up straight. Because she, she's a licensed physical therapist. Now she's a doctor physical therapy. And uh, so look at everybody now trying to straighten her. Most people are hunched over, and you're curving your spine and making a C, and you end up with this back pain, and we got to have prayer lines every time somebody come in. I'm coming up here for prayer, Pastor. Just sit up straight. Walk straight. Hallelujah. Because you can get entangled with that medical system, and it'll be, it'll have you all in all. All right, let me move on, because that's not my, my subject here. Poverty is an entanglement. Y'all know that? Yes. Debt is an entanglement. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, debt, it's, it's, it's good debt. No, it's an entanglement. It's an entanglement. It's, it's got you entangled with a system out there that's not on your side. Debt is not on your side. I don't care. It's a, it's a mortgage. I don't care. Put up, put up uh, Nehemiah, Nehemiah um, 5. Nehemiah 3 through 5. Nehemiah 5 through 5. Golly. Golly. <laughs> Go my pie. Remember Nehemiah? He's trying to get the city or the, the walls rebuilt and trying to help the people get reestablished there in Jerusalem. Verse 3 says, now uh, there were also some, now verse 1 and 2, they're complaining about their financial state. Verse 3 says, there were also some who said, we have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses. In other words, we have mortgages on this stuff that we may buy grain because of the famine. So in the famine, rather than them trust in their, the covenant of God, remember these guys covenant people. They had a covenant to lean on. But rather than lean on the covenant, they leaned on mortgages. And verse 4, there are also those who said, we have borrowed money for the king's taxes, tax on our lands and vineyards. Verse 5, yet now our flesh is as, a, as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children, and indeed we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves, and some of our daughters have been brought into slavery. It is not in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards. Because they were entangled in the mortgage, the debt system, they had to give everything up. They had no control over their families. Now, I know y'all don't like when I talk about this because, you know, you're, you're comfortably in debt. Because you're comfortably in debt. And praise God, I can, I can make the payments, Reverend. Well, good for you, but you're still entangled. And, and put up Proverbs 6. Put up Proverbs 6. I'm going to help somebody out tonight. Proverbs 6, since y'all got quiet right there. Put up Proverbs 6, verse 1. I'm going to start at verse 1. I'll probably go through right around verse 5 or 6. Proverbs 6, verse 1. My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands in a pledge for a stranger, in other words, if you've co-signed on somebody else's debt, he says you are snared. Does snared mean entangled? You are snared by the words of your own mouth. You are taken entangled by the words of your mouth. Verse 3. So do this, my son, and do what? 
There is deliverance. There shall be deliverance. He says, deliver yourself, for you have come into the hand of your friend. That means now your friend controls your life. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Verse 4, give no sleep to your eyes. Don't go to bed. No slumber to your eyelids. Verse 5, deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. It means don't wait till you get out of that entanglement. Hallelujah. So it's all, that's, that's all entanglement. But God. I said, but God. This year, the Lord is going to deliver many, many people out of satanic entanglements. I don't know who. I'm just saying if you can grab a hold of it if you, if you want it. This year, God's going to deliver many, many people out of every type of satanic entanglement that you've been bound in, trapped in, whether you, whether you slipped into it yourself or the devil tricked you, whatever it is, he's going to deliver many, many people out of demonic entanglement. Some of y'all are going to come right up out of that recurring sickness, that recurring disease. You're going to come right up out of all that lack and poverty. You're going to come right up out of all that debt. Even your mortgages are going to be paid off. Somebody's going to experience supernatural deliverance. Some of y'all have been in relationships that you need to be out of. God says, I'm going to free you out of that relationship that you're entangled in. That ungodly, that unjust lawsuit that somebody's bringing against you, God's going to bring you out of it because you've walked in your integrity. God's going to bring you out of that. There shall be Deliverance. Say it, there shall be deliverance. Now go to Obadiah real quick. Go to Obadiah. Go to Obadiah. Obadiah. Because the Bible, now I, I shared this with you on Sunday, how, how um, you know, it was last year, late last year when God took me to this, this book, this chapter, and to this verse. Uh, because I don't tend to read Obadiah. It's not one of my you know, camp out books. Faye, you might like Obadiah. I, I, I don't camp out in Obadiah. So when God took me here, it was strange to me. This is like, you know, this one of those obscure uh, passages, obscure books to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Like Philemon. I mean, most of y'all don't camp out in Philemon. It's, you know, it's sort of obscure. One chapter, you know. Uh, so when God took me here, it was very strange, but he began, he, he made this verse stand out to me and I shared it with you on Sunday and I encourage you to read the entire book. It's only one chapter. You can read it between now and the time you go to bed tonight, but you may want to read it two or three times to kind of glean and see what God is saying out of it. This book, Obadiah, um, I found out it's the shortest book in the old Testament. It's the shortest one, one chapter. And 21 verses, there it is, right? It was written before 586 B.C. Now, this is very important you hear what I'm saying. This is just detailed stuff, but listen to this. Written before 586 B.C. and fulfilled by A.D. 1. Okay? Naturally fulfilled. Now, I say that because, because there's, there's, just like there's progressive revelation, when there's prophecy, there's also progressive fulfillment. Right? 
Remember the book of Joel, chapter 2. Uh, when Joel prophesied, this shall come to pass in the last days, I'll pour up my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Uh, your your uh, young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams and so forth. Y'all know that, right? So on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, when Peter's preaching his famous message, what does he say? He says, this is that. Which is spoken by the prophet Joel. That I'll pour my spirit out. He goes into that, into that whole diatribe there, right? Now, what happens is you and I in 2023 still believe in the outpouring of the Spirit. Because although he poured out on that day, we saw a natural fulfillment. There is a constant, a reoccurring fulfillment of that scripture in our lives. God will still pour out. Our sons and our daughters, they will still prophesy. Our old men will still dream dreams. Our young men will see, still see visions. Amen? So, the, so although this, this was in the natural fulfilled by AD 1, it is constantly and continuously being fulfilled in the lives of God's people. Right. And God brought it out to me that in this year, this season that we've now entered into, which is not a 365-day year, it's a season that will go on to Jesus Christ returns, that we've now entered into this season where we will see a fulfillment of this passage. Y'all got that? Now, if you go home and study, you'll see that in this passage, we, it's God's judgment declared on the, on the Edomites. Everybody say the Edomites. Edomites. Now, the Edomites were the descendants of Esau. Y'all know Esau. Yes, Remember Isaac and Rebekah? Isaac was Abraham's son. Isaac and Rebekah had two sons, twin boys, named Esau and Jacob. If you remember the story, uh, Jacob, uh, Esau was born first. Jacob grabbed his heel. All right, he's Jacob the supplanter, the heel grabber, right? And then throughout their lives, those boys, you know, they even warred within the womb and so forth. And God gave Rebecca a word that the younger son was the one that's going to receive the blessing. So when it came time for Isaac, their father, to, to pronounce or give the blessing to, to the oldest son, Esau, Rebecca overheard it. And she said, uh-uh, that ain't what God said. Y'all got to get this here. You remember in the story, if you go back and read in Genesis where you see these, these guys' account, you see that, that uh, Esau had already made the grand mistake of selling his birthright to Jacob. Birthright meant that he had privilege. He had seniority in the household. It meant he had a right to receive the blessing. But he sold that for a little pot of, you know, a little, little soup, a little, little something. He was hungry, Right? And he sold his birthright. So now he's already moved himself out of position to receive the inheritance. But Isaac is going to pronounce, are y'all keeping up with the story? Isaac is going to pronounce the blessing upon Esau. And Rebecca said, the wife, the mom says, no, 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 no. Hey, Jacob, I got a plan. Go out there. He said, I want you to go out there. And I know you're not a hunter. You're a homeboy. You read their stories. <laughs> Esau was the hunter. Isaac, uh, Jacob was the homeboy. And she said, I know you're a homeboy, but I want you to go out there and catch some game. And she, she took some, some uh, hairy fur or whatever and put on his arm. We're going we gonna, we gonna to fake your daddy out because we got to get that blessing on you. That's what God, God said. Y'all got that? So don't look at it as just trickery. She remembers the word of the Lord while she's still pregnant. So... What happens? Jacob gets the blessing. Esau gets upset. You keep on reading through the chapters. Uh, Jacob flees. He goes to, uh, he marries uh, Rachel and Leah. And then when he's heading back to his land, uh, he's going to run into Esau. 
and he makes a truce, makes a pact with him, and Esau is like, okay, brother, we're cool. God has blessed me too. I know you're rich, but God has really blessed me too, so hey, no sweat. You, we're brothers. We're burying the hatchet. Well, here's the thing. They buried the hatchet, but their descendants did not. So the Edomites, who are, Jake, who are Esau's descendants, they hate Israel. Israel, those are Jacob's descendants. They hate Israel because they believe that Israel is enjoying the inheritance that they're supposed to have. So the Edomites, they decide they're going to be opposed to Israel. Now, they're, they're, they're brothers in the Lord, but they, they, they're going to oppose Israel. In fact, the very theme of, of Obadiah, you can see it clearly in verse 10. In verse 10, here's what God, among other things, you can read a whole lot of other things. But verse 10 says, for violence against your, this is God speaking to Edom, for violence against your brother Jacob, you see that? Against, against your brother Jacob. So God is referring back to their forefather, Jacob. So he says to Edom, for violence against your brother, Jacob, shame shall cover you and you shall be what? Cut off forever. Cut off forever. So by AD 1, the whole nation of Edom was gone. They're gone. They don't exist to this day. They're gone. So God fulfilled that word. But the reason was, was because they were, they were coming against God's people. Now, that's important for you, to, you and me to get because I want you to understand why the devil is coming against you. How many of y'all know that the devil, Satan, his original name, Lucifer, he was here before you? I'm going to come over here. How many of y'all know he was here before you? So he was upset at God's creation, you. That's why he slipped into the garden to deceive, to trick God's duplicates out of their rightful place. Whereas they were lords of the earth, whereas they were gods of this world, Satan himself became the god of this world. Now, Jesus Christ came and redeemed all of us. He brought us back to that place, and now you and I are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians chapter 2, right? Right? So the devil hates you and me because we have what he thought should have been his, because we are who he thought he should have been. Remember, he says that the Bible says that he, he tried to exalt himself and make himself to be something, but the Bible says God had ex has exalted you. He tried to exalt himself, and God smacked him down. Well, God came down and exalted you and me to sit there with him. Matter of fact, if you read uh, Ephesians chapter 1, ladies and gentlemen, oh, man. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about how Jesus Christ himself is seated far above principalities and powers and dominions. Then chapter 2 says that you and I are seated in him in heavenly places, which means you and I then are seated far above principalities and powers and dominions. Now, who are the principalities, powers, and dominions he's talking about? It's Satan and all his boys. So you and I are seated above the devil. So he hates us. You have what he thought he should have had, and you are what he thought he should have been. So just like the Edomites were against the Israelites, 
Satan is against you. Did you see, did you see that? Woo-wee. Hope you all recorded that because that was a lot. I can take a breath now. Now, so we see that what God does, I don't have time to read the whole chapter, obviously, but if you read it, you'll see that God is angry with Edom for how they have mistreated his people, and he says, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Y'all better catch that. Tell you, you better be careful how you treat me. I'm God's favorite. Tell him I'm God's favorite. God may like you, but I'm God's favorite. He may love you, but I'm, I'm his absolute favorite. Hallelujah. I mean, God has smiled on you, but I'm his absolute favorite, so be careful how you treat me. Talk nice to me now. Talk nice to me. So because they didn't talk nice to God's people, they didn't treat God's people very nicely. In fact, what you read the chapter and they talk about how when other enemies were coming against the children of Israel, how the Edomites would cheer them on. The Edomites would stand by. And the Bible says that if, watch this, it was so bad for them that if when the children of Israel were being attacked by another army, if an Israelite escaped, the Edomites would catch them and bring them back. No, go and get, get that. Go and get that because they hated God's people. So God says, I've had enough of you. Verse 15, for the day of the Lord upon all nations is near. This is God's word to, to the Edomites. Verse 15. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your reprisal or your reward shall return upon your own head. Verse 16. For as you drink on my holy mountain, I'll deal with that next week. As you drink on my holy mountain, so shall all the nations drink continually. Yes, they shall drink and swallow, and they shall be as though, and they shall be as though, and they shall be as though they had never been. I'm going to wipe out every trace of you. Now, this is a warning because God feels the same way today. That he's given the Gentiles time. Now, you and I were Gentiles. Y'all know that, right? Which meant we're not, we're not part of, we were not originally part of God's family, but we came in through Jesus Christ. But the Bible says he gives the Gentiles time, but he says their time is up. So that means that now what he's going to release, because how many of y'all know the difference between the wicked and sinners? Remember I taught you that the first Sunday? So the wicked, not all sinners are wicked. All wicked are sinners, but not all sinners are wicked. Okay, but God has had enough of the, of the aggression of the wicked against God's people and says, I'm going to wipe you out. You will be no more. I think it's over in Psalm 37 where it talks about, I have seen the wicked spread like a green bay tree, but this place shall be no more. God, in other words, God, God, he's going to wipe the wicked out. We're, I mean, we're living in that moment now, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to begin to see uh, chaos and confusion and destruction in the world around us. Don't you be moved by it. Y'all better catch this. Doesn't your Bible say in Psalm 91 that only with your eyes shall you behold and see what? 
So there is a reward for wickedness just like there's a reward for righteousness. Doesn't your Bible say that the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness? So if he rewards the righteous, he also is about to, in fact, he is starting now to reward the wicked. They are rewarded with destruction. They have sown the wind, and they're going to reap the whirlwind. They have sown iniquity. They're going to reap sorrow. Did your Bible say that? They've sown iniquity. They're going to reap sorrow. So you and I are not to sorrow in their sorrow. You and I are to be looking up for it because our redemption draws nigh. So in the midst of all that stuff, there is something coming for the body of Christ. Glory to God. So you get over here to verse 17. There's a but. Oh, there's a but. But on Mount Zion... So regardless of what you see going on in the world, but on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. So three signs or three things the Lord told me to, to have you looking out for in this year and the, the years ahead, but it starts now is deliverance, holiness, and restoration or repossession. Because when you saw that they shall possess their possession, it literally is talking about repossession. I'll teach you that another night. Repossession. God is going to have us repossessing everything that's, that's supposed to be ours. You know all that stuff out there is not the world's? Y'all didn't say that. You know that stuff out there is not the world's? It belongs to us. So, so in my 19 minutes I have left, I want to deal with deliverance. There shall be, deliverance. say it again, deliverance. say it like an army. Deliverance. Now that word deliverance comes from the, the Hebrew word paleta, paleta, which means escape. It means deliverance, it means escaped remnant. So it says, on the Mount Zion, but on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. Now, I want you to get this recorded in your spiritual banks here. That this year, God will deliver his people from the enemy's hands. I want you to get that in your spirit. I want you to make this a part of your recitation this year. That God will deliver me. He will deliver his people from the enemy's hands. I'm talking about all sickness. I'm talking about all ailments. I'm talking about all poverty. I'm talking about all lack. I'm talking about all trouble in your marriage. I'm talking about every old thing that's come from your past, your previous generations. This will be a year of deliverance where God, the enemies that you are seeing today, you will see them no more, no more. I'm going to wipe them out, God says. You will see them no more again forever. There are things that have been plaguing the body of Christ, things that have been coming and warring against us, and we've been standing in faith and standing and praising God in the middle of it, praising God in the midst of it, praising God in spite of it, but God said, that's good. I've heard your praise. I've heard your prayers. I've seen your cry. I've seen your tears. I've seen your alms. I've seen your giving, and I'm going to deliver you out of the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed. From the hand of the enemy, God is...
is bringing you out this year. Tell your neighbor God's bringing you out this year. Oh, my, 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 my. Somebody ought to grab a hold of that. God's bringing you out this year. What's been plaguing you, what's been holding you, what's been, what's been having you entangled is going to be free this year. He delivers from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. Psalm 91. Think about being in a snare, in a trap, in entanglement is you can't free yourself. You can't free yourself. You need somebody to come along and deliver you. That, do you know when the Bible says, I think it's in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 1 and verse 21, when it says um, that, that Jesus, uh, when Mary has his child, it, it says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That word save is sozo. It literally means to deliver. His name, Jesus, Yeshua, literally means salvation or deliverer. He came to deliver you. Oh, my. You couldn't set yourself free. He came to set you free. He came to bring you out. He came to bring you healing. He came to bring you redemption. He came to bring you out of bondage. He came to turn your life around. He came to change everything for you. He came. His name shall be called Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. And if we're saved from our sins, we're saved from the effects of sin. So we'll be delivered from the enemy's hands, from debt, from lack, from every oppressive spirit. You know oppressive spirits. Try to play God's people. It's, it's these spirits that try to hold you down. And the devil's dealing and, and trying to, I mean, just corrupt your mind with thoughts of fear. He's trying to oppress you and not let you flourish. You want to thrive, but you just you just just can't get your get your engine to turn over. It's an oppressive spirit. And this year, there shall be. Psalm 34, 19. Psalm 34, 19. Now, I don't know how many of y'all read Proverbs each day, but in, in today's Proverbs, which is Proverbs chapter 11, the word deliver appears five times. Proverbs 11 is a deliverance proverb. It's over and over talking about delivers, deliverance. The righteous shall be delivered from death. Righteousness delivers from death. I mean, we're, it's, it's all about us being delivered. If I'm delivered, I'm not trapped anymore. If I'm delivered, I'm free now. Hallelujah. In other words, I was bound. I was that. I was bound. I was trapped. But now I'm free. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm free now. Hallelujah. This is our year of deliverance. Glory to God. Glory to God. You've been carrying that mortgage too long. You've been carrying that car note too long. You've been carrying that student loan too long. You've been carrying that, that hospital bill, that hospital thing. You've been carrying that thing too long. You've been struggling with this and that and that and this. And them and those too long. It's, it's a year of deliverance for us. Psalm 34, 19 says this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him. 
I want you to expect him to deliver you out of all this year. I don't know if y'all see by the, by the looks of some of y'all, it's like you you're 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 giving your faith a limit. Because it looks to me like you're believing, well, you know, this year I might well, I might pay this off or I might pay that off or you know, I might I might finally get you know get off cigarettes, so I might finally No, no, no. Delivers them out of the mall. So why don't you let your faith rise? Why don't you let, let your faith rise to a level where you believe God to deliver you out of everything? This year you're gonna get off a high blood pressure medicine. Well, stay on it then. Just stay on it if you want to stay on it. But somebody want to get off of it this year. I'm going to get off it this year. I'm not on I'm talking about some of y'all. You're going to get off it this year. Hallelujah. Don't sell no high blood pressure medicine, no cholesterol medicine the rest of my life. First of all, it wasn't intended for you to go the rest of your life. So why don't you make them in your mind this year? I'm going to be delivered from all of it this year. He says, the Lord delivers him out of them all. Set your faith on all this year. Well, I'll just be happy if God just, you know, get me off blood pressure medicine, but, you know, I'll, I'll wait, you know, three, I'll pay, pay my cough in three years. Why don't you just set your faith on let him do it all? You act like God has to choose what to do. He don't have to, God can do it all at the same time. Didn't he, didn't, he, didn't he tell David, we just read this Sunday in 1 Samuel 30, God says, you shall pursue and overtake and you shall recover. All. You shall recover what? Oh, 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 go ahead and take all this year. Yeah. I better preach it somewhere else. Somewhere else. Somewhere else. Yes, but have faith in God that God can do it. Man, help me out tonight. Slap your neighbor and tell him God can do it. Tell him, tell him God can do it. Tell, slap somebody else. Tell him God can do it. God can do this and that and the other and that other thing you forgot about. God can do all of that at the same time. He's a big God. All you got to do is just believe. If you can believe, Oh, all things are possible. At the same time, all things are possible. <laughs> Look at Psalm 18, Psalm 18, Psalm 18. 10 minutes, Psalm 18. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm believing for it all. Hallelujah. Every area of my life. I'm believing God for every area of your life. I said, I'm believing God for every area of your life. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a shout if you, you know this is for you tonight. I will be delivered. Look at Psalm 18. Because this is what, you know, God handled Israel's enemies. Psalm 18, I'm going to skip around a little bit. Look at verse, um, verse 16. It says, he, meaning God, this is David's psalm here. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. When you see that, it's not David out there swimming, you know, backstroking and having fun. This is David saying, I'm drowning, man. Anybody, you ain't got to raise your hand, but anybody felt like you, you drowning in something? I mean, just like, like your nose just barely above water. Some of y'all, you ain't got to say nothing, but the bills can be so high and the debt can be so, so high and the trouble can be all around. You just feel like your nose just barely above water. You need to be delivered out of, out of these many waters here. And the Bible says that he sent from above. He took me, took. You about to get took, boy. And drew me out of many waters. Verse 17, he delivered me. From my strong, strong meant that it was too much for David. How we know? From those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. Now, David, David is, is, is being very transparent here. He's saying there were some things that I, couldn't, I just couldn't get out of. Now, David is a strong, y'all know David. I told y'all about David. David was the one, the guy who a, a, a lion, lions and bears would come and take his sheep. He'd go get them. David was the guy who go, go and kill a giant, man, and don't think nothing of it. Go and kill a bunch of Philistines. Y'all know he killed uh, 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 Goliath and then went, went and killed Goliath's five brothers? Did y'all know that? Re go back and keep reading the story. He didn't just stop at Goliath. He went and killed all five of his brothers. His brothers were giants too. David said, I'm going to kill a whole house. I ain't, ain't, ain't going to know. You know, you defy the armies of the living God. I ain't gonna just going to kill you. I'm going to kill your brothers too. Because I don't want one of them jokers to think they're going to rise up on me. I don't know you going to raise them on me. David was a bad boy. But he said there were some situations in my life. There were some enemies that came into my life that were too strong for me. And I know, oh man, I see, I see, I see, I see how y'all looking. I know we in this faith church, we're word of faith people, and we don't ever like, like to tip our hat that we might be in some situations that might be too strong for us. Because that's not faith talking, you know. You know, I'm strong in the Lord. I'm in the power of his might. And I'm more than a conqueror. And I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And, you know, I'm doing good. But tell the truth. When you're at home, you're on your pillow and you're lying. You're sitting there crying all night because some of your enemies, they have been too strong for you. But God says this is the year he will deliver you from every enemy that has been too strong in your life. Why don't you say, God, I thank you. Hallelujah. He delivered me from my strong enemy. From those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me, verse 18, in the day of my calamity. But the Lord, oh, but the Lord, I like that. But the Lord was my support. The Lord will support you. The Lord will hold you up. 
he also brought me out into a broad place, a wide place. That means you were in a tight place and the enemy was crushing you. But God said, when I bring you out, you can come out into a broad place. I'm going to bring you out. Some of y'all, God going to deliver you out of that, that little tight apartment. If I had two more amens, I'll keep going. He's going to get you out of that little tight, that tight little Coupe de Ville you got. You drive that little Coupe de Ville and... He del- watch this, verse 19. He delivered me because he delighted in me. We used to sing it this way, Pastor Caleb. God has smiled on me. He has set me. That's what he, that's what he just said. He smiled on me. He set me free. He set me free because he smiled on me. Oh, God has smiled on me. He's been good. Amazing grace. How sweet the... Come on, y'all, stop now. I'm trying to, trying to preach. Here's my testimony, Lord. I want... Oh, yes, blind. Okay, the next verse, please, verse 43. Y'all singing this church I've ever been around. 43. He delivered me because he delighted in me. You know what it means when he said delighted in you? He likes you. Y'all don't get it. Well, no, God loves everybody. No, I know he loves everybody, but he actually likes you. Tell your neighbor, God likes you. He, he likes you. He, he doesn't just love you. You know the difference between loving, you know, I love everybody, but there are some people I like. God, God says, I, actually, I like you. I like you. I like, I like being around you. I like hanging with you. This is what God is saying. So when I like, I, when I, when I like you, I can't stand to see you trapped. I can't, I can't stand to see you squished. I can't, I can't stand to see you oppressed. I can't stand to see you depressed. I can't stand to see you afflicted. So I, I got to deliver you because I like you. I, I like you. I, I mean, I really enjoy being around you. So I can't let you go through that at all. Like, Verse, verse 43, verse 43, 43, Lord have mercy. Verse 43, um, and I'm going to go from verse 43 through, through the end here, through the end, so I'm going to read fast. You have delivered me from the strivings, that means contentions, all the all all trifling of people. Y'all... From folk in their mouths and they, folk fighting against me. I mean, crabs in the barrel. I mean, it's people try, praying on my downfall. Won't let me be great. But this year, 
they will not be able to stop you. They won't stop talking, but they won't be able to stop you. You have delivered me from the strivings of the people. Look, I'm going to keep going. You have made me the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. It's coming to you now. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. The foreigners submit to me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. Don't sing, don't sing, don't sing. I shouldn't have even started that. Verse 47, verse 47, it is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. That's the wicked, ladies and gentlemen. The mouth of the wicked is full of violence. The Bible says violence covers the mouth of the wicked. So all they think about is how they can be violent against you. When you're violent, you're not, you're not like nice about it. I'm going to take you down and embarrass you doing it. But it says, you have delivered me from the violent man. Verse 49, therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises. Your praise is about to go to another level because you're going to be delivered. Verse 50, great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants. That's me. So what we read here applies to me. What we read here applies to you. This is a year of deliverance. So you're going to be delivered from all your enemies this year, known and unknown. Just catch what I said, known and unknown. Some enemies you know about them. Some enemies you don't even know about them. Okay, all right, let me, let me finish up. Lord have mercy. Let me finish. Uh, uh, okay, Obadiah 117. Let me finish this prophetic utterance to you. Obadiah 117. But upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. So not only do I want us to have faith and believe God, that he will deliver his people. But I want us to also believe God that this year he will deliver sinners. And it will be when they encounter the church, the true church. Because the Bible says that upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. So the deliverance for those who are bound and trapped in the world won't come from AA and NA and the government and anybody else. Their deliverance will, come, will not come from medical science. Their deliverance will come when they have an encounter with those who are part of the true church of Mount Zion. Y'all got this here. Glory to God. So we believe God this year. Listen to this. That alcoholics and drug addicts, the mentally ill... The demon possessed, that the poor and the blind and the lame, that all of our loved ones will be delivered this year. Oh, y'all better get, get that. Your loved ones will be delivered this year. I don't care how strung out they are. 
they will be delivered this year. I don't care how bound they are. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care how far away they are. They will be delivered this year. Because the truth is, they don't want to be bound. But they don't know how to escape. And they can't escape on their own. But when they encounter a blood-bought, blood-washed child of the living God who knows who they are, who knows that it's Christ in them, the hope of glory, and you minister the gifts of the Spirit, you minister the power of the Holy Ghost, you minister the glory of God, you minister the love of God to them, they will be delivered this year. You better believe God for it this year. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, that God has delivered us from the power of darkness. So people who are bound, they're in the power of darkness. But God delivered us, and he will deliver them too. So don't look down on them. Don't despise them. Know that the same way that God delivered us, and the same God who delivered us, will deliver them as well. Job 22. Watch this. I'm over time. Just watch this, though. Job 22, media help me out. Job 22, verse 27 through 30. Oh, what I need to do, Pastor, because I got some loved ones. I've got some neighbors. I've got some friends. I've got some people that I know need to be delivered. I see a girl every day. I see this man every day. I see people everywhere I go, and I, I, they need to be delivered. And I don't know. I, I mean, I feel bad for them, but that feeling bad don't get them delivered. Watch this. Here's the formula God gives. You will make your prayer. To him, God. So first thing you got to do is pray. He will hear you. You will pay your vows. Now, if you, there's some situation that you, if you love a person enough, you want their deliverance enough, you're going you're gonna to pay your vows. You make a vow. God, I'm believing you to get them out of, out of this situation. I'm believing you, Lord, for the salvation of my son, my daughter, for the deliverance of my child who's strung out. I'm believing you, God, for the deliverance of my child who's, who's in a perverted way of living. Y'all got quiet right there. I need them out of homosexuality. I need them out of lesbianism. I need them out of all that stuff because they're bound. They don't know how to get out. They've been tricked into thinking that that's right. Now watch what he says, verse 28. Once you've prayed, once you've paid, verse 28, now you got to declare something. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will do what? Now, I got to keep reading because you got to see this because I'm not talking about you here. I'm talking about somebody else. 20, 29, when they cast you down and you say exaltation will come, then he will save them a person. Now, that's about you. When they cast you down and you got to keep saying, no, God's going to exalt me. No, you can't cast me down. You can't keep a good man down. The righteous even falls seven times, but he gets back up every time. You might knock me down, but I'm not going to stay down. Exaltation will come. Now look at verse 30. Here it is. He will even deliver one who is not innocent. How many of y'all know somebody in your family, in your, in your, in your neighborhood, in your, in your circle of influence? They are not innocent. But the Bible says that when you do what God tells you to do, he will even deliver one who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered by the purity of your hands. Keep your hands clean. Keep your hands clean. Keep your hands clean. 
keep your heart right. You walk holy. You live holy. Because that gives you an entryway with God that when you pray, when you pay, when you declare, God will hear your prayer and deliver that one who is not innocent. So I want you to expect to see people who've been battling, they've been bound, they've been addicted. I want you to expect to see them this year. Delivered. Delivered. I said delivered. Deliverance is coming to your house. Deliverance is coming to your family. Deliverance is coming to your neighborhood. It's coming to your friends. Deliverance is coming your way. Hallelujah. Last place. Joel 2. Joel 2. Joel 2. Now we know Joel 2. In fact, we quoted it tonight. Verse 21, we were preaching on this last year, year before last. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. He goes on to talk about how God's going to uh, restore to you the years of the locusts and the cankerworm, so on and so forth, have devoured. Verse 25, please. Verse 25. So I will restore to you the years. How many of y'all have heard this verse right here? I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. We know that. Now we've also, we also quote verse 28, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. But I want you to go and see one more verse, please, in the same chapter, in God's same dialogue here. Verse 32. Verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem, there, come on, shall be Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going, I need you to hear me tonight. I need you to prepare yourself to start getting to church on time. Because God is going to begin bringing people even into this house that are going to be delivered. And there's not going to be seats for you to get here late. I wish I had one believer in the United States who would say, Pastor, I'm going to believe God for that with you this year. That people are going to walk in here and get delivered. They're going to come in here and be set free. People who are demon-possessed. We've, we've, we've been seeing it already. I mean, it's been happening as long, as long as we've been a minister. We've seen people getting delivered from demons. But, I mean, we're going to see people getting delivered from drugs and alcohol and oppression and perversion and things like that. And they're going to be delivered. And it's going to happen in Mount Zion in Jerusalem. There's going to be deliverance. For it says, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. So God... We, listen to me, we are the remnant whom God has called. We're the ones that have not quit on God. We're the ones who said, no, God, I'm not turning back. I'm not drawing back to perdition. I'm going to walk with you if my mama don't go. If my daddy don't go, I'll go. If I have to go by myself. And he says, for that remnant, I'm going to, in your midst, bring deliverance. And people who have been bound and addicted and afflicted for years who could find no help in the world, they're going to find help when they run into one of God's children. 
now. Stand to your feet. I want to have them put one more scripture on the screen for me, please. Hebrews 12, 22 and 23. Because I want you to see this, that when we say Mount Zion, people think, well, this is just all about a land, a geographical location. But we are the spiritual Mount Zion. We are Mount Zion. We are Mount Zion. That's why I said they're there in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. We are Mount Zion. Look at what it says here in Hebrews. It says, but you have come. This is Paul, the writer of whoever the writer of Hebrew is. I believe it's Paul. Uh, his, his word to the, to the church here. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. The what? Heavenly. Which means spiritual Jerusalem. To an innumerable company of angels, verse 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. You see that? So when we say Mount Zion, it's the church. It's the church. And the Bible says there shall be deliverance in the church. And God is going to bring his people out of every type of bondage, every type of affliction, every type of addiction, everything that has been binding you, holding you back, slowing you down from fulfilling your prophetic destiny. But not only that, those who are in the world will find their deliverance when they come into this house or when they come to one of God's houses. It's you. It's you. You read the entire book of Judges. The entire book of Judges is a, is a book about deliverers. It's a book about deliverers. Whenever God wants to deliver somebody, he sends a deliverer. That's why he sent Moses down to Egypt to deliver the children of Israel. You are God's deliverers going out in the world. He's put a power and anointing and authority on the inside of you that you can bring captives out, out of darkness, into the marvelous light. That you can help people move from the power of Satan over to the power of God. That anointing is in you and it's on your life. This year, I want you to expect not only to be delivered yourself, but to minister deliverance to people around you. How many people do I have who can believe God to be a part of that team? Lord, I want to be part of that team. I'm going to be delivered from everything, and I want you to use me to deliver people. Somebody who's on the verge of ending their own lives, they're bound by suicide, bound by depression. God, use me. God, use me wherever I go as a minister of your deliverance. I receive my own, Lord. And then, God, I'll minister deliverance everywhere I go. Lift those hands all over this room. And I want you to receive right now an anointing. I want you to receive right now an anointing for deliverance. As those hands are raised, there's an oil of anointing that's coming upon you right now. There's an oil of anointing that's coming upon you right now that will minister deliverance to you 
but then God will minister deliverance through you by that same oil by that same oil the Bible says it is the anointing that destroys the yoke the burden shall be removed and the yoke of bondage the yoke of entanglement shall be destroyed Isaiah 10 27 because of the anointing oil so the oil that God is releasing upon you right now it's coming upon you right now is to remove every burden and to destroy the yoke in your life that enemy that has been too strong for you God himself will fight for you that enemy that has been too strong that enemy that has been wicked and violent in your life God himself is fighting for you right now this moment God himself is snatching you out ridding you out of the hand of the enemy he's taking you out of the enemy's hands he's opening the trap he's opening that trap that snare that has been holding God's people he's ministering it to you right now he's ministering to you right now every trap The Bible says that God, oh my. The Bible says God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Some of you have been bound by temptations. You have not been able to control your flesh, control your thinking, control your, your appetite, control your habits. And God, the Bible says God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. The temptation to sin, the temptation to fall, the temptation to draw back. The Bible says God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. He knows how to make a way of escape. God, I pray even in this house right now that those who are struggling in any area of their lives, that God, this is a night of total, complete deliverance. Deliver their mind. Deliver their hearts. Deliver their soul tonight. Work in them both to will and to do for your good pleasure. Work in them both to will and to do for your good pleasure. Help them have the will to do right. Help them have the will to live right. Help them have the will to stay pure. Help them have the will to stay holy, oh God. Deliver them from the temptation from the enemy, oh God. You know how to deliver the godly out. Bring them out. Bring them out tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority over their thoughts. Take authority over their dream life. Take authority over their subconscious. Take authority in that soul area. And we command right now a release. In the name of Jesus. Every man is free. Every woman is free. Every boy is free. Every girl is free in Jesus' name. Even those of you watching online, I want you to grab a hold of this too. Right where you are, grab a hold of this freedom right now. This deliverance is coming right now to you. He delivers you first. He delivers you first. He delivers you first. So you can minister deliverance to others. He delivers you first. He's delivering you out tonight. Tonight. All financial bondage you'll be delivered from right now. All lack, all poverty, all debt, you'll be delivered from it right now.
chopping them down. We're laying the axe to the root right now. Every bad tree, we're laying the axe to the root right now. Every tree my father has not planted is being plucked up right now. Every plant my father has not planted is being plucked up right now. You will think God thoughts. You will think righteous thoughts. You will think holy thoughts. You will think pure thoughts. You will think wisdom thoughts. You will think honest thoughts. You will think lovely thoughts. You will walk in that deliverance tonight. In the name of Jesus. 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 I cancel and curse every disease, every infirmity, every condition, every repeating thing, every reoccurring condition. I curse it right now. It will not dominate your life. It will not rule your life. I curse every genetic thing. I curse every hereditary thing. I curse it right now in the name of Jesus. system this is the year you begin to begin to come off the, the medicines it'll start this year it'll, it'll be so 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 evident the doctors will tell you they'll, they'll tell you they'll say hey okay back off that Let, let's let's cut back on that this okay let, let's cut that out now something's changed in your metabolism something's changed in your blood, something's changing your pressure, something's changing in all, all, all your, your blood work, something's changing all, all your reading, something changed, something's changed. It's, it's been the power of the living God. I free you from depression tonight. I free you from depression tonight. I free you from depression tonight. I bind every suicidal spirit that's whispering, that's whispering that's whispering in your ear, that's whispering, and that voice is getting louder and louder, it's getting louder and louder, but right now I silence the voice of the, of the wicked one, I silence the voice of the, of the enemy right now, and I command you to be loose to be set free right now, you shall not die, you shall live, you shall declare the works of the Lord in your life, you are delivered from it right now, all oppressing spirits, you are delivered from it right now, deliver, deliver, deliver. God's people will be delivered. My Father, I thank you that you will now be able to send us out as a mighty warring army, as a force in the earth, that everywhere we go, we'll walk and live full of the Spirit and be able to minister deliverance to those who are in need. that will minister to the sick, those who have demons. When we preach, when we minister, when we deliver, we'll say the kingdom of God has come upon you. And I thank you, Father, that your people will enjoy 
the rewards of the work that you sent us to do, Father. We'll enjoy seeing people being delivered, Father, who've been bound for years and years and in an instant being made free. We'll enjoy that. The testimonies that will come, we believe they will come in, in abundance. So, Father, tonight I pray that as the word has gone forth, your people will lay hold of it, not let it slip. Give earnest heed, more earnest heed, that we may see a rich fulfillment of this word in our lives. We thank you. We believe it so. It's done. Everything we've asked, everything we have declared, it is done in Jesus' name. Now put those hands together and give God a big praise in this place tonight.